Good evening, American Horror Story cult fans. We are back for another week recapping this week's episode. My, 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 what a crazy episode. And we are starting to see some twists, some turns, some deviation from the plan. And the cult looks like it's having just a bit of a shakeup. Once again, I am your host, Yandra LaBeouf. Thank you for listening to the American Horror Story Cult After Show on Bad Culture Radio. Shoot, where do we begin? Where do we begin? I mean, after we finally saw the formation of the cult and how the people came to be and Kai's backstory and what kind of created this incessant desire to be in charge, we are finally here in our latest episode entitled Midwestern Assassin. And it looks like things are really starting to heat up. So let's dive right in until tonight's recap. You know, we kicked off the show tonight with a a shooting at a rally that uh, Kai was hosting to announce his candidacy for whatever local seat that he's willing, he's uh, running to take in their town. I think it's councilman that he's uh, willing to, to sit on to start his ascendancy to political power. And the way that the shot is framed, it looks like Allie, our girl Allie, stopped crying long enough to commit a mass shooting, which doesn't seem that far out of her character after we've seen the transformation she's had from frightened, paranoid person to active, paranoid person to person who has a little bit of info and she's going to take it and run with it. So we begin there with the shooting and all of a sudden we freeze. And we flash back to last week where we saw Meadow and Allie first connect and Allie first learns of the cult. It's the night that Allie is in her home and Meadow runs from across the street after the Gabers have tried to throw her into a burial pit. But she runs over and she educates Allie on what she suspects is true, that there is something odd happening in the town. Everybody is menacing. Nobody can be trusted. And just what Allie thought was happening and it was just great for her paranoid mind to have somebody finally confirm what she had been feeling. While she's there, she's talking to her doctor, Dr. Winter. We know after last week that Dr. Winter, um, Dr. Winter, the doctor is the older brother, the psychologist, Ali's psychologist. I forgot that the doctor's name tonight. But we know that Ali's psychologist is the older brother of Winter and Kai. So it's a whole twisted family in there. So she calls him and tells, and he tells her to go to bed and rest her nerves. And she goes, you know what? That's exactly what I'm going to do. And, of course, she doesn't. She goes running across the street armed with knife and mace to go find Meadow. Boy, she really sprang into action once she saw uh, the person, finally somebody who can confirm what she thought to be true. So she springs into action and she finds Meadow down in the pit and she saves her out of the pit. So then they go down to the restaurant to recap and find out what's going on with this cult. Metal can give her the full story without fear of being apprehended. What was so funny to me is that they would choose the restaurant to go to since Ivy is, in fact, part of the cult. Why would they go to a likely hiding space or a hiding space that anybody in the cult has access to? Metal's already told Allie that her wife is part of the cult, but nonetheless, They go down to the restaurant and Meadow starts breaking it down. She's been breaking it down that Ivy, her Allie's wife, has been in the cult all along. The trucks, the dead birds on the lawn, just spilling the whole tea. 
and that Kai is the leader of the cult. And when she sees his picture, she realizes that, man, this dude has been in my face all along and I knew something wasn't right. I think the blue hair should have been a dead giveaway, but that's just me. I don't know. He just seemed off and people sometimes ignore their instincts when things are off. And that's a problem. We forget about our third eye sometimes. We're so distracted by all the things that we have going on with the devices and the TV and the social media and all these things we're doing that we tend to forget that intuitive third eye that lets us know when something's not right. So after Metal breaks it down, they flash back even further, back to December of 2016, when things really started taking shape. Because as you remember, when the show started, the show started with the, the night of the presidential election in which Donald Trump was pronounced the winner of the election. That was our starting point. So now we are starting to see flashback sequences of what led the cult to this point. So we find out that Meadow was in fact in love with Kai after realizing that nothing was ever going to happen with her gay husband. You know, she turned her affections to Kai. And it's pretty sad because it's clear that Meadow is just a type who needs and desires a lot of attention, which makes her a prime suspect for someone to take advantage of her. Not much different from a child who is overlooked and they become a prime target for a molester or anything like that. So Meadow leaves herself open and vulnerable and Kai spots that vulnerability immediately and exploits it. So, you know, she comes to this realization that the cult might not be a good thing after she overhears Kai kind of indoctrinating Ivy into the cult to, to make her a committed and devoted follower. And she hears him telling Ivy the same thing he told her about how she was a star and she was shining bright. And of course, you know, that shattered her little fragile ego and she wanted to leave. And that's when they concoct the plot to get rid of her, but it never comes to fruition. So we, we pause it there. We're still in a back sequence, but we're still seeing parts of the story that we didn't know before. Next, we find out that there's a reporter or there's a person who's attending the council meeting who is ready to call Kai out on his BS, and her name is Sally Kessler. And she's you know, she spots him as a fear monger. He's not really conservative, a conservative. He tries to run on a platform of conservatism. And she recognizes that all he's trying to do is instill fear in the masses because she too recognizes the profitability of having a fearful people follow you and how easily they can be controlled. A fearing person will do things without any pause or thinking. They just want to get to safety, no matter what that perceived safety is coming from. And that's the platform that Kai is presenting himself on and ultimately his leadership. But Sally calls him on the BS. And of course, what that means, nobody goes against Kai. So it's just a matter of time before we realize that Sally's days are number. I mean, who could see that coming? So anyway, we go on and Winter and Ivy. Finally, we see Ivy's indoctrination into the cult. We know she's part of the cult. And we saw the part when the guy, uh, the uh, guy works at the store, Gary, grabbed her by the pussy at the rally, and it looks like that is kind of her indoctrination into the cult, but really it's not. Kai sits down and does the pinky swear thing with her and asks her what her deepest fears are or things she regrets, and she just blurts out that her deepest fear is waking up next to Allie every day. That kind of sucks. And she says that she feels that way because it all started when they had their son. 
And Allie carried the baby for them since they are a same-sex couple. And she always felt like she was an outsider and that Allie, she was always resentful. She wanted to she wanted to carry the baby, but due to health and pre-existing health conditions, she could not carry a baby in a healthy manner. So that left the job to Ivy and just sounds like she always felt kind of, I don't want to say the bad word because YouTube is being real strict on their um, language things in the videos. She felt real poo-poo about the fact that she couldn't carry the baby and thus feeling an outsider. And what really, really antagonized her, or not antagonized her, but made her feel upset was the fact that Allie breastfed the baby until the baby was three. You know, as an advocate for breastfeeding, yeah, that's great. That's some a personal decision how long you breastfeed your children, but three years is a long time. But Ivy's perception was she did that to make herself firmly the A parent, the most important parent, and all a device to keep her further shut out and less important in the child's life. At least that's how she perceived it. So they go on and they talk about um, how she wants full custody of Oz or what would make her happy. So Kai instantly promises his young hot sister, quote unquote, to her. And she says, you know, that's cool and all, but what I really want is full custody of my baby. So Kai presents the idea to her that maybe they should kill off Allie. But to kill off Allie, they have to do it in a real specific way so as not to garner suspicion. And that's when we first see the weaving of the plan to make Allie crazy. So we pause it there and we go back to Metal and the psychologist who Allie has put together. Allie still doesn't know the psychologist is all in the mix too. We're not, you know, we're not even exactly sure how much in the mix the psychologist is. We know that he is the brother of Kai and Winter, but he doesn't seem to be part of the cult unless he's not, hasn't been revealed yet. So, Allie goes running. She saw the new candidate, Sally, on TV. She goes over there thinking she'll be a voice of reason who believes her story, and she's correct. Um, Sally believes what she's telling her, says that she's seen this fear-mongering before, and through those fear-mongering, those fear-mongering people come about when the, when the hierarchy and the patriarchy is threatened, and that is exactly the case and is very reflective of what's happening today. The hierarchy, white supremacy, is threatened and people are fearful and acting out and we're seeing acts of violence to instill fear in the people. On a side note, why hasn't there been any, been any surveillance footage that's come to light of the shooter in Las Vegas entering the casino? If you've been to Las Vegas, you know there are cameras everywhere in Las Vegas, especially in the casino. There's no video footage of the Las Vegas shooter entering into the casino, no evidence of this of any sort does anybody find that odd holler if you hear me hit me on twitter but that's just odd that in a place like las vegas that's just overrun with cameras to prevent robberies and all type of things there's no surveillance footage of the las vegas shooter entering the casino or even passing through with large satchels of guns or anything of that nature but back to our show here uh the cult breaks into sally's house i Allie goes and hides and they talk to her, and poor Sally. Sally's an older woman, so she's got her Facebook open on her computer. And what Kai does to further make this uh, crime they're about to commit look realistic, he leaves a message on her Facebook page as her kind of explaining why she's quote-unquote killing herself. 
And when she goes, no one will ever believe that's from me. And before he could even answer, I already knew what the lie was going to be. Of course, everyone will believe it. They saw it on Facebook. How many times have people called you up and go, I know it's true. I saw it on Facebook. It must be true. But so they take advantage of Facebook in this case, and they leave a message from our dearly departed Sally Kessler. I was hoping she was going to stick around and be the spoil to Kai's plan, but nope, it's a wrap for her. And as they kill her, they shoot her down in the basement, they make it look like a suicide, and they send Ivy off into the home to see if there's anyone in the house that needs to be killed. And when Ivy, Ivy's wearing like a great suit, but immediately Allie recognizes it. And so when she comes in, even though she's wearing a clown mask, Allie goes, Ivy? And Ivy, through some grace of God, remembers that she doesn't actually hate her wife, and she leaves her there and doesn't kill her, and they leave to go off to their next their next um, activity, their next plan of action to take over and create world dominance. So we get back to Allie. She goes back to see the psychologist. The psychologist um, says that Metal has left, and he couldn't talk to her any longer. And so without that, um, they cannot uh, continue with their plan. So Allie's really frustrated that the shrink let Meadow go and they can't and they can't um, continue with their discussion and she does no longer has the person that can substantiate her claims that something odd is at play. She knows all about the cult and all those kind of things. So with that, she leaves the shrink and tells him in no some uncertain terms to F him for letting her eyewitness go. So fast forward, we're finally back to where the start of the episode begins, right at the moment when the mass shooting is about to occur. Meadow gets up, shoot, we, as we see in slow motion how the shooting takes place, what actually happens, it's not as we first saw when the episode opened, where Allie appears to be the shooter, but it's actually Meadow. Meadow walks up and she starts shooting random people and she shoots Kai in the thigh. Allie, seeing her, you know, being a, um, a gun control advocate, approaches Metal and tells her to stop and tries to prevent her from shooting and causing any more destruction. And just then, as they have their face-to-face moment, Meadow and Allie lock eyes as they struggle for the gun, and Metal tells Allie this is the ultimate act of love before she eats the gun and shoots herself. But with the positioning and how it looks and with the confusion and the mass hysteria, it looks like, in fact, that Allie has killed her, and Allie is responsible for the mass shooting that took place at the public speaking event. Pause in there. So we flash back again, and we find out that Kai has concocted the whole plan, and he has used his abilities and his mind control and his long schlonging of Meadow to bend her to his will and convinces her that she needs to do the shooting. She needs to shoot him, but not to kill him, to make him rise like a phoenix from the ashes because like with Christianity, everybody loves a resurrection. And with the resurrection after the shooting will make his political position that much stronger in society. Ali stopped crying long enough just to get set up for a mass shooting and as Ivy looks on, she looks a little bit remorseful. So it makes me wonder if she's going to turn back or be the turncoat in the cult. Remember in the Charles Manson killings, there was one person who was not fully engrossed. I think she's going to be paroled soon, or I know she was up for parole soon, and I'm guessing that's with the 
Ivy character in the cult symbolizes. And that's it, friends. That's our show. So what have we learned this week? We learned this week that Meadow, in fact, was have some, man, Kai had some real mind control over over Meadow and had her doing whatever. Now that's the part that's really confusing. We don't know if the Gabers were for real, for real, trying to catch, trying to kill Meadow or if it was part of the elaborate hoax. I think they were trying to kill her for real so they could get her own thing going. We find out that Ivy confessed to Kai that she didn't want to wake up next to Allie every day, but she still loves her just enough not to kill her. And we find out that there was another possible candidate in the mix who could have taken down Kai, but the the cult acted with swift and definitive action, and she no longer is a threat. But she did roll a mighty fine J as she told Allie that she believed her. And that's our show. So next week, it looks like we are going to get deeper and deeper and deeper into the rabbit hole It looks like the women are starting to realize if we band together, we could be the true controllers of this destiny. But if history stay, if we stay with us, history, the women will self-destruct before they finally get to that ascension of power for the same reason that Allie voted for Jill Stein instead of voting for Hillary Clinton. That's our show for tonight. Tonight's show is brought to you by Undeterred Clothing. Make sure you visit Undeterred at undeterred.bigcartel.com and purchase a t-shirt from our podcast sponsor, Are You Undeterred? Check out their fine selection of of t-shirts that uh, create a socio-political message. Make sure you pick one up. If you purchase one, make sure you tell them Bad Culture Radio sent you, and we will be back next week for more American Horror Story Culture, uh, culture? Haha, wrong thing, American Horror Story Cult Talk. Thank you and good night.